Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Psalm 23, Finding God's Faithfulness. We're going to talk about something today that probably very few of you have ever heard about in our opening. And it was literally a war. They call it the sheep wars. Can you imagine that? And remember, Psalm 23 is about how God's our shepherd and we're his sheep. And uh, there, there, this happened in American history. And uh, it was amazing because here's a TV show I grew up on. How many of you remember Bonanza? If you remember Bonanza, put your hands up. If you're my, uh, it, it was my favorite of all shows. 14 seasons with, without any reruns in those seasons. 14 seasons, very long running. I used to watch it with my dad. And my favorites were Haas, the big guy in the back. Uh, he was my favorite. And uh, he started Haas's Steak Ranch. I used to eat at the one in Newcastle. Not sure if it's still there. And then little Joe, the guy in the back too, the little guy, became probably the most famous one. But here's what I loved about it. I love this. Good always won. And there was just something in me that wanted to see good win. And it was fun to watch. And now with live streaming, I'm sure some young people are watching some of these shows. My grandkids, Joey, who's 12, and, and Riley, who's 10, do you know I found out, I found this out like six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, they have watched all the I Love Lucys. That shocked me. I Love Lucy was a rerun when I was a kid. It was my parents' generation. And so we found out they watched it, so we watched some episodes with them, and they were belly laughing. And I thought, that's good comedy when you can get somebody from this generation, young kids, to laugh about it. And here's what you saw in this show, Bonanza. You saw the Cowboys... The, you know, they were the good guys. And sometimes they battled with the Native Americans, very seldom, but they were always battling with the villains, the bad guys, and the good guys always won. But there's something they didn't show us, and it was happening during the time they were depicting, and it was the sheep wars. And it was literally over pasture land. So the cattle herders, uh, they were ruthless, and the shepherds were kind of tim- t- timid. And so with the cattle uh, guys did is they hired hitmen. Can you imagine hitmen to kill sheep and shepherds? And they did. And this guy here, Diamond Field Jack Davis, he was the most famous of them all. And he has the nickname Diamond Field because he discovered a diamond field and became like a billionaire back then. But before then, he was a hitman. And during that time, sheep outnumbered cattle two to one, but they killed 600,000 sheep. That's awful, right? And, and then this, many of the shepherds that go with them, and it was ruthless. And again, it was all over one thing, pasture land. And the cattle herders won, obviously. And uh, they wanted that pasture land just for their cows, and the shepherds were timid, and they lost that particular battle. But it's interesting. This happened even in the Bible. Take a look at this. Psalm 23, 1. The Lord, uh, uh, I'm sorry, First Chronicles 4, 41. But during the reign of King Hezekiah of Judah, these leaders of Simeon invaded the regions and completely destroyed the homes of the descendants of Ham and the Meonites. No trace of them remains today. They killed everyone who lived there and took the land for themselves because they wanted it's good pasture land for their flocks, so it's been going on even back in Bible days. But here's why it's important. Here's why I share it. There's still a battle going on for spiritual pasture land. And we have an enemy, and he doesn't want you anywhere near God's spiritual pasture land. Remember, God says we're like sheep, and we need to eat 
from his pasture land and our enemies doing everything in his power. He's hired spiritual hitmen to keep us away from that, that pasture land. And so that's what our Psalm's talking about today. And you wouldn't know it because it's in sheep language, as we said. But now let's read Psalm 23, verse 1 is what we did last week. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Take a look at verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. The result, the first part of verse three, he restores my soul. And this is what we're going to talk about today. So just notice, he makes me. How does God make us, his sheep, lie down in green pastures? We'll show you. And how does he lead us besides the still waters? We'll show you. And this is going to be fun. I'm going to lay a foundation before we dig into this verse. But can we talk about the first part of verse three first? He restores our soul. And this is what happens when you allow God, your shepherd, Jesus, to make you lay down and to lead you to the waters. He begins to restore your soul. And I say it this way, and I can say it because I'm picking on myself, so I'm not picking on anyone but myself. But can we all agree we all have some parts of our head, our soul that's messed up? And, and it's still messed up. I still have parts of my soul that I'm working on. And this is what spiritual growth is. It's God growing us or changing us from the inside out. And I need my soul to be restored more and more and more. And you need your soul to be restored more and more and more. And here's the true fact. Guys, until the day we go to heaven, if you go to heaven at 100, at that time, your head will still need fixed in some areas. And God's doing that in all of our lives. And I'm so thankful he only shows me a little bit at a time, aren't you? If he showed me all the hangups I had at one time, I'd have a heart attack. I'd be like, oh, I am so bad. But he does it little by little. It's called growth, and it, there's no condemnation in it. But it can't happen unless we allow him to make us lay down in those pasture lands. So I have a big idea for this lesson. It's what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. And uh, some of you know this, so I just hope to take you to the next level. And most of you know know what I'm going to deal with today. But many of you will hear it for the first time, and, and, and I think you'll walk out smiling. It's like, whoa, this is cool. God can restore my soul. So really, really excited about it. So here's what I want to get across in this lesson. Big idea. God can free us from the chaos in and around us. We know what the chaos in, in us is, right? Could be anxiety, could be fear, could be hurt. And we know we live in a chaotic world. And I'm amazed as I look at the world we live in. Um, I'm 62. I'll be 63 in December. And this is the most chaotic time I can remember in our country. I've never walk through a more chaotic time. And I'm not picking on either side of the aisle. I'm just saying it's chaotic here, right? And then it's chaotic in the world. The world's chaotic. And then you think about adding COVID to it and everything else that's out there. And it's just a chaotic time. And here's what God's saying. I can free you from the chaos that's inside you and also from the chaos around you. I can restore your soul to where you can walk through it and be at peace and be in joy. And that's pretty, pretty exciting. Jesus talked about this too. So let me show you how he said it. It's in Matthew eleven twenty eight, And he said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So most of you listening have, you've done the first part. 
Come to me means accept me as your Savior. And only God can open your eyes up for that. So just about every day this week, I prayed for everybody that lives in the Mahoning Valley. And I prayed, Lord, if they don't know Jesus, convict them that they're a sinner who needs a Savior. We're all sinners who need a Savior. And Lord, open up their eyes to Jesus. Let them see Jesus. So I, I prayed that every morning over this valley that we live in. And only Jesus can do that. But when you, you accept him, you've come to him. That's what it means. Now, notice who are weary and burdened. Don't you think everyone in this wor world is a bit wearied and burdened? It doesn't mean we're weak. It just means this world is a big burden to carry, right? And then he says, here's what I'll do. I'll give you rest. He's not talking about the Sabbath rest that all of us should be taking. Are you trying to take a day off every week and just relax? Are you getting some vacation time? Um, that's important, but that's not what this is. And the next two verses show us what it is. So let's look, look, look at the, the next verse, verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is comfortable and my burden is light. And that's pretty cool. So let's break this down. Keep that up on the screen for me, guys. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Here's what Jesus is saying. The verse above, come to me. Now he's saying, now you came to me. You're a Christian. Now take my yoke on you. And we know Bible days, they used oxen to plow, you know. And when they, when they really wanted to get the job done quicker, they had two oxen, you know. And so they put a yoke on each of them. And it, all it did was enable them to walk in sync. So when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, he's saying, I want you to begin to walk in sync. Follow me and walk in sync with me. And then notice what he said. He said, learn of me. He said, I, I want to teach you something things. And you know how we do this? Uh, this is God's pasture land. It's the word of God. And as we read the word of God, we're, we can begin to follow Jesus, especially the New Testament, the gospels and the epistles. And, and that's when we begin to learn. And then notice what he says happens. Same thing Psalm 23 is saying. He says, and you will find rest for your souls. That's soul rest. That's when he restores our soul. And I'm so excited about the rest I have. I'm, I live in a lot of peace, but there's still areas of my mind that need some work, right? And my soul, my emotions, and so on and so forth. But notice this part. For I am gentle and humble in heart. So can I ask everybody listening over in Borman, guys at TCI Correctional Facility, everybody online, everybody on demand this week, and everybody in this room in Warren, which Jesus do you know? Who's your Jesus? Is he the mean Jesus that wants to slap you upside the head and say, you failed again, you dummy? Is that the Jesus? Or is it this Jesus that's gentle and humble in heart? See, most of us don't realize when we fall and we make mistakes or we sin uh, or we have hangups and we do it again or we have addictions, Jesus isn't in heaven wanting to slap you. He's in heaven saying, man, I wish they'd take my yoke upon them and learn of me. I could free them from that. And so he's frustrated that you're not allowing him to help you. And so we come to a place where we say, Jesus, I'm going to make you my shepherd, and I'm going to begin to graze in your land. And then he begins to help you. So let me tell you something that's true of everybody in this room, everybody listening. This is true of all of us. Every single person, even non-Christians, but for Christians even more so, you have a hunger, an intense hunger inside you, in your soul, that's craving for more of God. It is intense. In the world you live in, our enemy, he's got all kind of hitmen 
trying to keep you out of God's pasture because that's the only thing that will satisfy you, and he knows it. So he's trying his best to keep you away from it. And it works the same way with sheep. Um, you know, God compares us to sheep, but do you know what else he compares you to? He says, you're the bride of Christ. So every time he uses something to compare us to, he's painting an image. So when he calls Christians the bride of Christ, you know what he's saying? I picked you up out of the crowd. I chose you out of the crowd and I wanted you and I took you to be mine and I've made you one with me. When you accepted me, you're now one with me. I seated you next to me in heavenly places. That's what's happening in the spirit world. Everything I have, I've given to you. How many of us like the fact we're the bride of Christ, right? That's pretty awesome. I'm so glad we're the bride of Christ. But then he calls us sheep. Did you know that sheep are the most stubborn animals out there? They are so stubborn. And, and so uh, there's good things about sheep, but they're also very stubborn. And guess what? We can be stubborn too. Do you know why? We still live in a body that's sin, sin stained. So we have a sin nature. And I constantly am fighting my will and wanting to do things my way, wanting to respond my way, wanting to live my life my way and living it God's way. So uh, I am one of God's sheep. You're one of God's sheep. And in our text, he's showing us the answer. And the answer is, for us to submit and begin to follow our shepherd. So here's something really interesting about sheep. Uh, sheep, they're very rebellious, all right? And something can happen to a sheep, and it's called casting or to cast. Here's a picture of a cast sheep. They fall on their back, and it's C-A-S-T. And when they're cast, they're in great danger. They, they, they can't eat and they can't drink when they're on their back. But the worst danger is... They can't fight off predators. And once they're on their back, they cannot get back upright without their shepherd bringing them upright. So sheep will lay when they're cast and they're just like, bah, bah, bah. And now they're crying out for their shepherd. You know, they got in all this trouble. It's like, bah, come save me, Jesus, bah, bah. And they're on their back, right? And so they cast. And I thought it was interesting when I was studying for this. There's three reasons why sheep cast, and they're all, they all have spiritual meaning. So that's why God did this. He gave it to us to show us some spiritual meaning. And I learn better sometimes with images and pictures. I'm sure we all do. So here's reason number one, right? Sheep cast because they don't follow their shepherd. So they can be stubborn. That's why they have those shepherd dogs keeping them all in line. and Follow the shepherd, buddy. And, and so uh, if they don't and they walk off on their own, there's all kind of traps out there. Obviously, a predator could be waiting for them. But there's also something that happens to them quite uh, often is there'll be a, just a hollow in the ground like this, but the grass is even on the top, and they think, oh, my gosh. Wow, that's like my pillow. I just got to get me one of those things, right? And they want to jump on it, right? And, and they go, and they can lay down on their belly. They go to lay down on their belly, but because it's curved, it flips them. And then they're cast and are like, yeah, bah, bah, and nobody's there to help them, right? So what is that to us spiritually? It's just if we don't follow our shepherd and we don't allow him to be our shepherd, the enemy has so many traps laid out there for us. And I don't know about you, but I fell in quite a few over the years. And it's just made me realize, you know what? I've got to follow my shepherd and I've got to allow him to make me lay down in the green grass. Here's the second reason a sheep will cast. Uh, sheep cast because their wool becomes too long. 
And a good shepherd, obviously, he's going to shave their wool down because he makes money from it, right? So why not? Uh, but if they're not following their shepherd or they have a bad shepherd, and there are some bad shepherds out there too, um, the wool becomes too long. It becomes muddy. It becomes matted down. It has twigs in it and all kinds of other gross things in it. And uh, it's so heavy they can't stand, and then they cast. And if they're not following their shepherd, if they're following their shepherd, they will never cast from wool, right? But they cast. And do you know what wool is a type of in the Bible? This is in your Bible. Wool is a type of the world in worldliness. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, the high priest was not allowed to wear wool clothing. Why is God against wool? No, I love wearing wool clothing, right? But no, it's because in the Bible, wool was a type of worldliness. It was a type of the world cluttering our lives. And so cutting the wool back is a type and shadow of God cutting the world off of our lives. And here's what I noticed with God. If, if I hang out with my shepherd, I get into the word of God, I spend a little time with him, and I allow him to deal with my heart, every day of my life, there's one part of the world that he clips off me. Because this world sticks, doesn't it stick to us? It's sticky. And so we're good people, we love Jesus, but man, if we don't allow him to clip our wool, it's, it's going to cast us. And, and then we're going to fall on our back and we'll be bah, bah, and we'll be in trouble, right? Here's the third reason. Sheep cast because they become too fat. And do you know what sheep will just eat? They will not stop eating all day. So a good shepherd will see if they have a little problem, and uh, he will put them on a diet. But, you know, God's not talking about us becoming too fat in the natural, but fat in the Bible is a type of prosperity. So when a sheep becomes too fat, they can't hold themselves up, and they cast, right? But for us... It's referring to all the good things of this world. So there are things in this world that are so good, but if we don't balance them in our life, they'll keep us away from our shepherd and they'll keep us out of the pasture lands of God. Remember, there's, there's a war going on. So I got to thinking about this. I uh, just watching everybody and I thought of some of the things that get some of us away from God and we don't have time for God's word. It could be as simple as social media, right? It could be streaming. I don't know about you, but uh, I, I love to binge watch shows. I, I hate commercials, so I, I fast forward any and every commercial. I only watch things that are recorded because I hate commercials. And I love to, to be able to watch the next episode today. I don't want to wait for next week. So I love to stream things and binge watch. But I, I have a time where I'll do it, and I won't do it any other time because I can't have that pull me away from God, right? But even poor people can stream. Everybody has an iPhone, right? But all it's referring to is all the good things in this world taking our time and then us not following our shepherd. And I've noticed as people become wealthy, I've met people that weren't wealthy when they came here and became wealthy over the years. And then that wealth pulls them so far away from God, they're always with their toys, and they don't even, they just have no time for God. And it grieves my heart. And I know it's grieving God's heart. And it's okay for them to have toys. It's okay for them to be blessed. God doesn't care. But, but I notice they stop following their shepherd. And that's our enemy. He wants just to pull us away for any reason he can. So remember, there's this intense hunger. And we try to fill it with everything we can fill it with. But it's not quenching our hunger. It's not hitting the spot. And here's what I like to say. I wrote it this way. Sadly, many of God's people will do almost anything and everything else to fill the God void in their souls. We all have a God void. We are hungry for God. 
They run, fight, sing, teach, preach. We can even do spiritual things and throw our life only into that and never have personal time with God. And uh, they work, they worry, they surf the web and overplay to avoid quiet periods of secret communion with God. And that's what our verses are about today, that secret time of just feeding on the word of God. So I want to make it come alive right now and have a little fun with it. So let's go back to our verse, Psalm 23, verse 1, or verse 2, and, and first part of 3. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. What's the result? He restores my soul. He does. And it's amazing. So what does it mean to make a sheep? Because this is sheep talk. How does a shepherd make a sheep lie down? In green pasture. How does he lead him to the still waters? What's going on? What's this painting a picture of? Uh, obviously, tranquility and that restoration process. But here's what's cool about sheep sheep have four stomachs, and three of them are just chambers. And then one's like our stomach, that it literally goes down and then assimilates in the, in the, in the belly and, and goes into their body. But do you know they only eat when they're standing up on all fours? They do not eat when they're laying down. And so a good shepherd will take them to the green pasture lands, and they're just walking around, and they're chewing, they're chopping that food down, and they're swallowing it whole, really. And, and then uh, when all three chambers are filled, then they will lay down. And that's how he makes them lay down. He makes them lay down by giving them enough food. And, and then they lay down. And guess what a sheep does when it lays down? It chews the cud. And for all you visual people, I apologize ahead of time. But they, they lay down on their belly and they begin to take, they pull the food up. I, I mean, how God created these things is amazing. They pull the food up and then chewing the cud means they chew it and chew it and chew it. And then they swallow it. Uh, when they're walking around, they're just swallowing it whole. And, you know, I, I mentioned last week I was, I, I was in, in San Diego during August with a doctor and he was helping me out. And one of his big things is to eat a salad for lunch every day. And they had about 30 ingredients on their, their salad. Uh, and none of them were bacon and uh, cheese, right? <laughs> none, none of that at all, right? They had great dressings that they made with seeds. It was amazing. But um, he told me and told us, you have to chew your food, your salad, 30 times. And uh, he said, that releases chemicals that make you absorb more of the nutrients. And he sat and ate with us every meal. And he would watch us. And my whole life, I'm more like the sheep when they're grazing, you know. I just basically choose things three times and just get them to, so they go down my throat. And, and so I'm working on chewing 30 times. And I never got up to 15. And I might be hovering at 10 now. And I just figure my stomach has to do the rest of the work, right? But, but... It was amazing, and I share the story because that's how the sheep eat. They just swallow it whole, but then they bring it up. And chewing the cud means they're just chewing it really, really good. And then they swallow, and it goes down the stomach like ours, and it assimilates into our body. Here's something else that I thought was fascinating. Do you know that sheep can go a month, sometimes two months, without ever drinking water? Do you know why? There are seasons of the year where the grass has so much dew on it that when they eat the grass... They, they get all the water they need for the entire day. And, you know, water in this text is a type of the Holy Spirit. And so God's saying to you, if you just spend a little time in the Bible, just a little bit of time, it's saturated with the Holy Spirit. He'll open it up and he'll flood your life. And so what is the picture God's painting for us? How do we chew the cud? 
And everybody in this room knows how to chew the cud. Whether you know it or not, you can chew the cud. And chewing the cud means to meditate on the scriptures, just to meditate. And everybody in here is what I would call, everybody listening in Borman, everybody listening online, everybody at TCI, everybody in Warren, all of you are professional cud chewers, spiritual cud chewers. You are professional meditators. And you might say, no, do I have to go to class? No, you don't have to go to class. You, you pick this up. It's natural to every human being. And you might say, how am I a professional meditator? Well, if you know how to worry, you know how to meditate because worry is meditation on negative things. So does everybody in here know how to worry? Did you have to go to worry classes? Did mom and dad have to sit you down and say, let me teach you how to worry, honey? I remember I was worrying in second grade, going to school on the school bus, going to school, thinking I didn't do my homework. I'm probably going to get killed. And, 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 and I've been worried. No one ever taught me. Nobody ever had to say, here's how you worry, Joe. And that's why I say every one of us are professional meditators. And all we have to do is make a switch in our mind and say, oh, Instead of thinking and meditating on something negative, let's worry a scripture. Let's worry a scripture or two. So where am I leading us? Listen, there are pastor wars going on. The enemy doesn't want you anywhere near the Bible. So that's why three or four times a year, I, always, I say this three or four times a year, uh, every one of us should get into some kind of daily Bible reading, every single one of us. And you, you can do so many different things. So here's what I do, Joe the Christian, not Joe the pastor. Joe the Christian. I like reading through the Bible in a year, and I've been doing it forever. And I just like to read through it. So I, I, I use Bible Gateway's app, and I just say read through the Bible in a year. And all I do in the morning is open it up, and I read the daily readings. It takes me about 10 to 12 minutes, depending. Some days are a little longer. Now. 10 to 12 minutes, I can graze in, in, in the pasture land of God. And it keeps, it's just amazing. It's laced with God's spirit, and God's showing me things. Sometimes I have to copy a verse because it's like so life-changing. I'm like, I've read this so many times, I've never saw it. And I, I text it to myself so I can watch it later and, and look at it later. Uh, but guys, you might say, I don't want to read through the Bible in a year. I'm newer. Well, I'll tell you what, what's really be good for you. Read through the New Testament in a year. That's about five minutes a day. Can, it, can you give God five minutes a day and just feast on the Word of God? But you know what else I do? If something's going on in my life, I'll Google and I'll say, Scripture's on this subject or that subject. And then I find a Scripture... And that's what I meditate on. And then I just find a time in my day to meditate. And that's really easy. You just take worry out. You just think about scripture, right? My favorite time to meditate is when Gina and I say goodnight and we're laying down. And you know how that time when you're ready to go to sleep, I just pull a scripture up and I just think about it. Do you know that's chewing the cud? That's when it goes deep in you and it's able to restore your, your soul. That's why God has given us all this sheep talk. The, the food's there, now they're really chewing on it, and it's just you chewing on a part of the Word of God. And when you do daily Bible reading, something's going to stick out. It's going to be amazing. And you're going to say, boy, that changed my life. And during that time, God's cutting the wool of the world down, you know, and he's keeping us slim and slender spiritually. And he's just, he's just changing our life, and it's just spending a little bit of time with God. So remember what I said? I've said it now several times. Every one of us have an intense hunger for more of God. You do. And I want to read a scripture. This is true of everyone in this world, in, in this room, everyone listening. It goes like this, guys. It, it is Psalm 63, verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. 
Now, you may think you haven't been earnestly searching for him, but you are. You're trying to fill the God void with other things. You're earnestly searching. It goes on to say, my soul thirsts for you, and mine is, your is. We're thirsting, we're hungry for him. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. And guys, we live in a parched and weary world. Life can be very dry, very demanding, and you are hungering for something. And what God's saying to us today, if you just feed on my pastors, I'll help you to lay down. I'll lead you besides those still waters, and I will restore and change you forever. So I want to ask a question, guys, over in Borman campus at TCI Correctional Facility, online, here in the room. Can we say thank you, God, that you've given us pasture lands that are so rich that change, our, change us forever? Can we give it up for God? It's amazing. It's amazing. So, so um, I, I just, I love three or four times a year talking about this subject, and what a creative way to talk about it with, with Psalm 23. But um, I really believe God wants to get through to some of us today. So can we bow our heads, just go bow our heads, close our eyes. And for some of you, you're doing so good. I, I commend you. Thank you. Some of you talk to me in the lobby. I'm blown away by how well you're doing. Thank you. And some of you, your wool's grown a little thick. It's kind of pulled you away. Others, you know, the blessings of this world have just pulled you away. Others, you're like, you haven't wanted to follow the shepherd, but you're like saying, all right, I'll take that yoke, God. I'm ready to follow Jesus and learn from him. But right now, during this precious moment in time, if God's stirring your heart, would you make a commitment to him, just between you and him, and say, God, I'm going to figure out a reading plan, and I'm going to find some scriptures too, and I'm going to grab one a week and just meditate on it. And I'm going to allow that to get deep inside me, Lord God. Would you make that commitment right now? Everybody listening to my voice. And something else is going on. God might be dealing with you to cut something out because I'm constantly having to balance my life too, guys. So you just spend a little more too much time here. The enemies kept you away from God's pastures. And just say, I'll make that little adjustment, God. So let's allow God to continue to minister to our hearts and our minds and our life. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We're still praying, but maybe you're listening and you say, you know what? I'm not even sure if I'm a Christian. I'm not sure if I've come to Jesus and I want to speak to you. You might even be part of a church. You might be a Christian in name, but you can't remember a day in your life where you said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. And I accept you as my savior. And if that's you, I want to give you an opportunity to do something that's so life-changing, and that is to just give your heart to Jesus. So listen very carefully. I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm asking you, can you remember a day in your life where you said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven, and I accept you as my savior. If you're listening, you say, I can't remember that day, but I'd like to make it that day today. I want to pray with you. This is not something I can force on you. Only Jesus can open your eyes up to the fact you need him. So with head spot, eyes closed, if you're listening, you say, that's me. Would you pray with me right now over in Borman, over TCI Correctional Facility, online, here in the room? Would you guys pray with me? And can the rest of us help them pray, all of us that have prayed? And just mean it from your heart if you're praying it the first time. Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize that I'm sin-stained, and I need a Savior. 
I repent of my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe the good news. You gave your life so I can live. God raised you from the grave and you're alive. And this day, I accept you as my savior and make a decision to follow you. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.